Hi, this is Parsha in Progress. I'm Abby Pogrebin, author of My Jewish Year. And I'm Rabbi Dov Linzer, president of Yeshivat Chovevei Torah Rabbinical School. And we're two very different Jews talking about the same Torah together. Hello, Dov Linzer, wherever you are. Hi, Abby. Nice to see you on Zoom again. Nice to see you, too. I know we are all sheltered in place, and we're glad you're with us. So today we are looking at Parshat Bahar. We are in Leviticus. So, Dove, why don't you just place us in the story? We are at the foot of Mount Sinai, where we've actually been for a while, right? We, we got out Correct. of Egypt. We were then in the desert. And why have we been sitting at Mount Sinai for a while in, in these verses? Well, we've been getting all the mitzvahs. We've been building a tabernacle. We've been getting all the laws of the sacrifices, which I'm sure have been very gripping part of the book of Leviticus. We've been getting more mitzvot. And now we're finally a book and a half later, and we are still at the foot of Mount Sinai. Okay, so we're in Leviticus we're wrapping it up. 25, uh, 1 through 7. I'm starting with verse 4. But in the seventh year, the land shall have a Sabbath of complete rest, a Sabbath of the Lord. You shall not sow your field or prune your vineyard. You shall not reap the aftergrowth of your harvest or gather the grapes of your untrimmed vines. It shall be a year of complete rest for the land. So basically this is an enforced work stop, right? We are not supposed to be harvesting, tilling the soil, touching the land. Right, we're we're letting it Abs- breathe. Exactly. How are people supposed to eat? It, the, the verse doesn't really clarify that. Presumably, either from food they have stored up or from things that grow wild. But that's a real problem here. You know, elsewhere the Torah here the Torah refers to this as Shabbat, a Sabbath. So the same way you rest one day a week, you rest one year out of the seven. Here, with the emphasis on letting the land rest. Um, but elsewhere the Torah refers to this as Shemitah, which is a relinquishing. And there it speaks about letting the poor eat from the produce. But you know. When you try to do them both together, don't work the land and let the poor eat from the produce. There's very little for them to eat. So it's a real it's a real problem during this period. And as I was reading about this, Parsha, there is an acknowledgement that it was an economic hardship, that there was there was value in letting the land rest, but there's risk in it as well. Absolutely. You know, the Talmud says quite uh, shockingly that when they re-entered the land to build the second uh, temple, they didn't sanctify the entire land of Israel so that there could be land that did not have to practice these laws so that the poor would have sustenance during these years. Well, it does seem to just inevitably echo this moment we're in right now uh, during the coronavirus and the fact that everything has basically ground to a halt. This is not something we chose. It has been foisted upon us. There is tremendous economic pain, um, but in some way there's value too. You hear people, you know, you see those pictures of, of smog before and after In China, you see Mm -hmm. this idea of kind of like the rape of the land has had to pause. I was Mm -hmm. reading Rav Cook, who who wrote about this Parsha in something called The Sabbath of the Land. I'm sure you're familiar with it. But I love this quote. He says, life can only be perfected through the affording of a breathing space from the bustle of everyday life. The individual shakes himself free from ordinary weekday life at short and regular intervals every Sabbath. What the Sabbath achieves regarding the individual, the Shemitah achieves with regard to the nation as a whole. A year of solemn rest is essential for both the nation and the land. A year of peace and quiet, of equality and rest. I mean, if not now, right? That's what we're, we're certainly an enforced rest. No, that's, that's really, a, I mean, a beautiful vision and a beautiful ideal. Um, you know, and I do think there are elements of that. You know, I was just thinking about how, what it means to slow down, that I don't go shopping, you know, three times a day, I go once a week, uh, what it means, you know, to uh, live in a different pace of life. I, I'm i concerned two ways. I'm concerned about 
how much good are we really getting societally, personally from this experience? And also, how much is it going to last beyond this moment? You know, in the Torah, it occurred every seven years. It was a part of the fabric of society. Uh, People were doing it because, I mean, they were commanded to, but they were doing it with the consciousness that it was to to achieve a certain goal. Here, it's uh, for a very different reason. So I I really wonder if the same type of gains can be achieved. So you're saying that this rate reset, this enforced reset, it's not going to be like we go back with our eyes open about the damage we were doing. You know, I hope we will, but I'm a little skeptical. I mean, or a lot skeptical. I think human nature being what it is, that it'll be very, you know, you know, we've had, you have experiences where you're living through them and you say, oh, I'm going to really learn from this experience. I'm going to be different. And then like two weeks later, you're back to your old habits. So I'm, that's what I'm concerned about. I don't know, Abby. I mean, do you have thoughts about how we could really like own and integrate this to last beyond this moment? Part of the Shemitah year was to just remind people, this is not yours, right? God gave mm-hmm. you this. This is God's land, not your land. It's essentially God's crops, not your crops. And not only is there humility in that, but this just there's a reminder that uh, of a certain kind of democracy of ownership and also relinquishment in a sense. Like one of the things I think that this moment this, you know, which has been largely terrifying in this world right now is just a sense of like, you're not in control. We're not in control. And right. it's not, it's not that necessarily the outcome is that, and therefore God is, but it's, there is a sense of taking a step back from these things we own and do, whether it's, you know, the materialism or uh, violating the environment, the things that are the downside of our great productivity and ingenuity and you know innovations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's a beautiful point, like whether or not we're able to really integrate these lessons, you know, beyond this moment, I think to experience this and to sort of see, you know, what is this telling us and to take a moment to pause and appreciate that is very powerful. But I want to go back to the point, you know, you raised earlier about the hardship that came from this, because to me, that's, you know, a major part of what's going on now, right? I mean, all the people that are um, the the poorer communities that don't have the same access to health care, that aren't able to get tests, the people that uh, don't have paid sick leave that have to work because they have to put food on the table and uh, be the most that are sort of endangered in the current reality, people that you know, the kids that can't get school lunches because they're not going to school, the people that don't have access to internet. I mean, a lot of the inequities of society and the hardships here, the coronavirus sort of hits everybody, but the the greater suffering is is in certain segments of society and certainly the way it's disrupting the economy. You know, I wonder sort of what your thoughts are about that, about the trade-off here. I think that the, that in a way, that's where the jury's out. And when we look back on this time and this history, there is ultimately going to be a verdict as to whether the trade-off was worth it, whether the sacrifice mm-hmm. was an overcorrection mm-hmm. or, or whether ultimately it was, it was the only thing that saved, saved this from being even mm. more of a disaster. Well, you know, maybe an interesting th- uh, thought to end on is you mentioned Rav Cook earlier, and Rav Cook actually, when it came to practicing the laws of the sabbatical year in Israel, you know, which we had a chance to do after 2,000 years of not being in the land and not having had the opportunity Rav Cook actually said, it's not possible to do this. It'll cause too much economic hardship by not working the land. So he found a workaround, and his workaround was, and this is pretty hilarious, he sold the entire land of Israel to a non-Jew. So as a technical point, it wasn't Jewishly owned and therefore didn't have to follow the laws. But he said, look, 
I'm not going to say that you can't do that because that'll be an economic hardship. And at the same time, I'm not going to say that Shemitah is no longer applicable nowadays because then we won't learn the lessons and we won't appreciate the value of Shemitah. So I actually want to say we have to do it and then find a workaround so we're able to deal with the economic realities and with try to own still the lessons that we learned from it. So we just see at the end of the day, uh, practicality wins. Yeah, but still trying to hold on to what the Torah is trying to teach us at the same time. Let's end on his words, the idea of a breathing space. That was his words. I wish you a breathing space, Dove, even in this time when we are, um, this is, you know, one of those those breathing spaces where so many of us have gotten back to basics, our families and reading books and enjoying kind of this downtime and at the same time feeling just so weighed by uh, just what, you know, the, the seismic loss. Amen, amen. Shabbat Shalom, Abby. Shabbat Shalom. Parsha in Progress is written and hosted by Abigail Pogrebin and Rabbi Dove Linzer. The show is produced by Shira Telushkin and executive produced by Josh Cross and Tablet Magazine. Our music is by Blue Dot Sessions. We'd be so grateful if you'd head over to iTunes and rate, review, and subscribe to the show. It helps more people find us. You can also write or fetch to us at this email. Parsha in progress at tabletmag.com. Thanks for listening.